0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think that a lot of us men have that narrative because we are so performance-based, the, the sort of like last-ditch effort is admitting that something's wrong and going and getting help.
0: Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Monica Yates, a period and ICF-certified women's life coach, and I help women to harness the power of their period and connect to their feminine flow. In these episodes, we will be talking about all things, periods, hormones, confidence, health, food, money, sex, business, feminine flow, your brain, energy, and all the stuff to go through our heads. You will walk away from each episode with new chicken nuggets and truth bombs, as I don't have a filter and I love talking about all the shit that people are thinking but too afraid to say. Beautiful. Okay. Welcome, Connor. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: So we're going to jump straight into our conversation. What is your dark side? Everyone we will get straight into everything. You'll figure out what the episode's about, but Connor, what is your dark side?
1: Oh man. I mean, my, my dark side has always revolved around the the sort of like sexual shadow. So a lot of my dysfunction in life has come from infidelities and cheating and lying to cheats and uh, all, all of those different parts, and so that—that's—that was a huge journey that actually put me on the path that I'm on now, and working with men and doing the work that I do. Um, but that's always been the part that I've had to sort of meet, surrender to, understand, rein in, explore, experience—you know—all all those different parts. So really revolving around, um, you know, I think for for a lot of us guys, like I, I grew up in this environment where. I was sort of like an average kid, wasn't very good at school, academically, you know, I was okay at sports. I wasn't really sort of good at anything. And as a man, that's that's sort of unacceptable, right? We're very performance-based creatures. We get a lot of validation from, from performance and how we perform. And so from a very young age, you know, I found porn and I started becoming very sexually active as a, as a kid. And, um, you know, and so that sort of led me down this path of, of feeling like I had a certain level of sexual mastery. And then that became a part, a huge part of my identity. It's where I got validation. It's where I built a sense of self-worth. And so a lot of it, a lot of it was revolved around, um, you know, sex and sexual desire and sexual energy. And it sort of consumed my life, and so that is definitely <laughs> part of part of the dark side that I that I always have to bring out into the light con- constantly yeah. and continuously. So
0: on that, I've noticed like a lot of men that are in this area of work their shadow is all around, majority of them, their main thing is around sex and, Mm -hmm. like, being overly sexually active, like, hyper sexually active, not in a healthy way. Um, What are your thoughts on, like, where that comes from? Because it's interesting, a lot of, I was saying this to my clients, of, like, I feel like with women, it's more, like, it's, it's easier to talk about sex and, like, problems in the bedroom, X, Y, and Z, or what we want, that kind of stuff, But a lot of men, it's not really talked about of like, well, men can have sexual trauma too. Because like my clients might be like, why does he not want to like do X to me? Or why does he not want to like just grab me and throw me up against a wall? And it's like, well, he can also have sexual trauma that like he may not have dealt with. And I feel like it's very easy for us to put it on women of like, we're the ones that have sexual trauma. But a lot of men can have sexual trauma as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I mean, I think largely, you know, after having worked with men for however many years and having worked with, you know, thousands of men, I think what would be surprising to most people listening to this is how many men have unexpressed, unexposed sexual trauma, you know, and that can look like a number of different things. It can be, you know, a, a neighbor having done something to them. It can be, know getting made fun of extensively in the locker room you know as a teenager uh, it can look like a a lot of different things Um, Mm -hmm. it can be a a girlfriend that you know maybe um, this is this is actually one that I hear from a lot of guys is that they've they sort of fell fell in love with the first you know woman that they had sex with Mm -hmm. and she cheated on him and sort of broke his heart and so that closed him off you know, from really being open with women moving forward. And so there's many different forms of it, right? There's little, little T trauma, which can be a repetitive trauma. It can be, you know, abuse or um, the making fun of, or it could be a capital T trauma, which is more in the lines of sexual abuse. I think the challenge that we as men experience for the large part is that, uh, I, I, call, I call it the one rule of men, right? It's very similar to fight club, which is the first rule of fight club, you don't talk about fight club. First rule of men is you don't talk about what it's like to be a man. So you don't talk about what it's like to be a man who's having, you know, erectile problems or premature ejaculation problems or, uh, you know, feels insecure in the bedroom or is having performance anxiety or whatever the case may be. You just don't talk about those things with your buddies because most of our male relationships are competition based. So when you hear men talking about their sexual explorations and exploits, it's largely from a place of how great they were right of like how amazing they were and how amazing the sex was and you know it's, it's a very big story and so a lot of it comes from a place of of a man's relationship to performance right because many 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 of us are conditioned from a very young age as boys that our worth comes from our ability to perform and then you know most guys find porn and porn is a is a form of entertainment it's all performance-based, right? Like you see the men in pornography, I mean, the most well-endowed, longest lasting human beings on the planet. And (laughs) a lot of it, and a lot of it revolves around their ability to fuck for as long as possible, be hard for as long as possible you know, come as far as possible. And, <laughs> and, so it's, and so it's all performance. So what a man yeah. sees, because a lot of men learn about sex from porn, right? A lot of men learn mm-hmm. about sex from porn. I mean, there's stats right now that show that, uh, you know, boys are starting to watch porn between ages eight to 11, right? Eight wow. to 11. So imagine being an eight-year-old boy or a nine-year-old boy or a 10-year-old boy who's just starting to even comprehend that his penis does something different starting to watch hardcore porn, right? And so that's what he thinks sex looks like, right? And so there's, there's a dysfunction there, right? It's very performance-based. Um, and then, you know, ag- again, so there's the performance avenue, and then there's the not talking about it avenue. So if he has had some sort of sexual trauma, whether it's, you know, him being made fun of, or he was sexually abused, or whatever the case may be, largely most men haven't talked about it. And so that plays into this, this dynamic of, oh, I have to be the best one. I have to be the one who lasts the longest or who you know makes her orgasm the hardest or whatever the case may be. Uh, and, and that for a man means that he's sexually won that he's sexually performed mm. properly. And so this can really take a toll on a lot of men and they don't generally have access points to go and talk about it, right? Like, like you were saying, Women will talk about what happens in the bedroom, but for the most part, guys aren't talking about it unless it was extraordinary. And it's a story that they can brag about. So that's, I think that's starting to change though. That culture is starting to change within masculine culture.
0: Yeah. So like a lot of men that come to me, it's like an eventually thing. It's like they are on the breaking point of their relationship, generally speaking. And then they'll be like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll see somebody, is that kind of the same with your clients? And like, what what's your belief around like why that happens? Because like, even with the sex stuff, it's like most men won't even consider being like, oh, how can I like you know, learn a different way of having sex until like their woman is like, I literally cannot have sex like this anymore. Like I need you to fucking change. And it gets to that breaking breaking point. And then they'll be like, Oh, maybe I should do something. So what's your take on that?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I mean, this is a, this is a narrative or a story that, that I held for a very long time, which is I have to hit rock bottom before things change. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of us men have that narrative because we are so performance-based. The, the sort of like last ditch effort is admitting that something's wrong and going and get help. So we still sort of overvalue and over-index the lone wolf, right? That mentality that I don't need anybody else's help. I don't need anybody else's mentorship or guidance. And we diminish that role that men have had in their life for so long. And so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys... Where they don't, they actually do not believe that anything will change, even if they did go get help, until they bottom out, until they hit this place where they have no other choice but to go and get support. Right. So I think one of the things that I usually challenge a lot of men to do is to look at their internal narratives. Like, do you have that belief? Because your life's gonna be pretty fucking hard if you have (laughs) the belief that you have to bottom out before things get better, before you actually ask some different questions, before you go and get some support, before you go and and learn from someone. And I think that in our masculine culture, we need to bring back the the value of training ourselves, right? Like we train ourselves in so many different areas, but when it comes to things that are awkward or embarrassing, you know, if we feel insecure sexually, um, most men will not engage in training themselves On how to actually be embodied, how to actually show up in that space with their partner. And so, you know, a huge, a huge part of that is like, how, how do we as men start to curve that before it's too late? Right. And how do we start to end that unhealthy belief that my life won't change? My sex life won't change. My relationship won't change until it bottoms out and just explodes Um, because that doesn't work for anyone. And I think women are tired of it. I think most men are tired of it. And, you know, we're, we're starting to change the dialogue and the narrative and the conversations in a way where it's creating access points for men to go and do that work
0: which is amazing. So in terms of like sex stuff with men and, um, like being a bit insecure and like performance anxiety, what would be like, um, just some guidance or like just something that you could say to the men in terms of maybe how to express it to their partner or whatever it would be, because a lot of women like can kind of pick up on it. But like when you're talking to a man, it's like, you don't want to tell him obviously that he's not doing enough job. The wording has to be like, so careful and X, Y, Z. And even a lot of clients, like, they'll they'll try so many times with, with female clients that is so many times to kind of express like I really love to have like really slow sex in this time of my cycle and then you can like dominate me in this time of my cycle and mm-hmm. men just kind of they can't get it and I, a lot of it often comes down to the fact that they don't want to do it wrong and so they focus on what they know they can do really really well and they yeah. don't want to learn another way they don't want to be wrong in any other way so what would you kind of say to those men to help them to just realize like it's okay to fucking learn
1: yeah yeah, I mean, I, I think I would say a few things. One is that we learn through failure, right? In any other aspect of our life, like if you're picking up a sport, if you are, you know, training for a triathlon, you're going to learn through failure. You know that that's actually how we have evolved, and so you're going to learn through failure, right? It's same same thing in sex. We expect ourselves to be perfect in the bedroom. It's just not realistic. I think so. That's one part. The other part is. For most of us men, we have been conditioned to over-index the rational mind, and so a lot of men are fucking from their brain and not from their body. Right? They're they're not actually physically there for the most part. They're not in their heart. They're not in their body. And so, being able to tune into the breath, being able to bring their awareness more into the body, into the physical sensations, into the emotional sensations, um, is going to be hugely important. Like I, I've worked with a lot of men who have performance anxiety. Uh, you know, who have issues around erectile dysfunction, and it's not a health issue. It's that they have, um, they have gotten so caught in their thoughts of, am I doing the right thing? Is is she enjoying this enough? Am I, you know, am I showing up properly? Am I lasting long enough? All those things become so uh, almost like manic that they can't get out of their head. So, so starting to like really tune into the breath is going to be a huge, huge, hugely important part. Try having sex by, you know, just for the first 10, 15 minutes, just focusing on the breath. Maybe that means that you lose your erection because you're, you know, you're you're moving your awareness, you're training yourself to get into the body and actually feel it. Um, so have that conversation with your partner and say, hey, I actually want to call myself out that I've been in my head most of the time that we're having sex I'm not really present, you know, and, yeah. and say, I'm going to try... And use some new breathing techniques and get into the body so I can actually be more present. So one, use the breath. Two, get out of the head and into the body. Three, end your orgasm addiction. So this is the really important piece is that most men are having sex like a goal, right? It's like running track or something like that. And so they're very focused in on and porn conditions us to do this large part. I'm I'm not hating on porn. There's a a place for it in, in some people's relationships. But for most guys, we've conditioned ourselves to like get to the orgasm because that's, the, that's like the be all end all. Yes. So at some point in a man's sexual life, he'll very much benefit from ending his addiction to that orgasm. Because for most of us, most of us guys, we use that orgasm to relieve stress, to avoid sadness, to celebrate, to feel better about ourselves or our lives or our jobs like it is the be all end all. And so having a period of time where you explore having, you know, having sex with your partner, maybe without you coming for a little while, maybe without the orgasm, just to notice the difference in how you engage with your partner, notice how different you are uh, within your presence in the moment of of being sexual with your partner. All of those things are incredibly important, um, because it's going to help you come at sex in a very different way. So rather than sort of trying to get this outcome, uh, you're focused in on the moment, you're focusing on the journey, right? I think my wife always says that the victory, the victory is in the journey, right? So
0: it's, true I say the same thing to my female clients it's just like we need to focus on the pleasure of the whole thing because you can actually I'm sure you can say the same it's like you get you can get so much pleasure out of even not having an orgasm like Mm -hmm. sex is so much more than just like having a release like sometimes we all need that but it's also about like the connection and the presence and all the energy you can feel in your body same thing for women get out of your fucking head because funnily Mm -hmm. enough you're having sex with your body you're not fucking with your head like you're not begging your head against each other so I love that (laughs) coming back coming back into your body so um with the head stuff and like how men are always in their head and they're very detached from their heart and their body and all that kind of stuff just going on to what I said before about like post-military men they are generally speaking the most disconnected humans I've ever met and it breaks my Mm. heart but like they've obviously they've not obviously they have been trained to basically only think rationally and shut down their intuition and their gut because they just have to see everything as like exactly it is as it is. They can't be confused with like judgment with what their gut saying and whatnot. Um, what would you say? Cause I love, even though they're like hard men, I fucking love post-military men in terms of like, it's challenging and it's juicy to me. So to those men that are like listening that maybe are post-military or the women that are partners of post-military men, have you dealt with any of them where they've been able to now get to a place where they can trust their heart you know what I hear all the time oh I don't have a heart I'm like mm. oh that's interesting well you're still alive so you do so what like what, what are some things that you can say to them or do to them like the, like as a, as though you're you're the coach they're the client that will help them to just realize they can get back into a place where they can trust their gut and trust their intuition and open their body and open their heart to another human and they can trust another human they don't have to be in this stress state of like not trusting anybody all the time
1: yeah yeah i mean i think so i think a few things and i'll, I'll sort of take an analytical approach at first yeah. because i found that that's that's such a good access I point <laughs> um they, there's a great there's a great quote by albert einstein and he says the rational mind is a faithful servant and the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and we've created a society that honors a servant and has forgotten the gift right so you know culturally we have diminished the power of our gut of our intuition of our heart And so I, you know, for, for most guys that I've worked with that are post-military, that are in the military, um, but especially post post post-military, you know, they've gotten out. Um, what I usually say is look, you, you, that rational mind served such an incredible purpose for you to succeed on the mission in the environment that you were in, but you're on a different environment and there's a different mission and it requires a different subset of data It requires a different skill set in order for you to succeed in that mission. So don't get rid of the military mindset. You don't need to get rid of it. Just adjust the military mindset to have a different outcome, a different goal that you're aiming for, and realize that in order to integrate into that new squad, that new team, that new whatever it is, whether it's your family, whether it's a friend group, that it requires you to have a different form of communication. A different form of data and information and and, emo- and emotions are data and information right so imagine imagine going into a battle with half of the data like you're, you're going in fucking blind right yeah. but a lot and a- so a lot of these a lot of these men when they get out of the military it's just that people haven't given them f- different frameworks intellectually so what i, I would that. say to those guys they is like challenge you- them.
0: and they need yeah. to the challenge like that's really smart yeah
1: so find, find different frameworks that are going to help you operate and succeed in the new mission that you're on. Because if your new mission is being a father, and you have two or three girls, and, and you <laughs> don't have any emotional data, you're Relax. fucked. <laughs> like, you're done. You know, you're done. And you know that you're not succeeding on your mission, mm. right? So as a father, you know you're not succeeding on your mission, which as a, as a military man is going to be incredibly disempowering can be incredibly uh, challenging. And it's going to lead to all sorts of coping mechanisms like drinking and porn and drugs and whatever the case may be. And that's going to cause you to go deeper and deeper into failing at your mission. So if you are really committed to the type of lifestyle that you say that you are, if you really are committed to that military mindset, that's fine. Keep the military mindset, but start to incorporate some of this other data and how you do that is through somatic experiencing, it's through going and doing men's work, it's getting around a different type of man, right? You need to build your new team, you need to build your new squad, who still has your back, who's still looking out for you, who's still challenging you, who's still competing with you, but is doing so in, in a different subset, right? Is, who's doing so intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, physically, all of those different areas. So that's that's just what I would say about that. I
0: fucking love that. So with men, I've often found a lot of post-military men also have the belief like I'm not enough, like I'm not good enough for a certain woman generally is what I've come across. Um, Just with the shadow of I'm not good enough, I feel like it's talked about a lot with women, of like women believing they're not good enough, but can you just jam on like how it shows up for men, of men not believing they're good enough?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Men, not so military men specifically or men in general. We
0: can just do everyone. Military men are jammed in here. If you're listening, fucking listen.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it it can come from a multitude of things, right? So some men have directly been told that they're not good enough growing up in childhood and you know, there's, they're still abiding by that one rule of men. So they, they haven't talked about it. They haven't uh, processed the, the, wounding the emotional pain you know i mean i I think again just to sort of like come back to that uh to that analogy of like you know imagine that you've been you you as a 10 year old or as an eight year old have been physically emotionally sexually verbally abused in some capacity that is that's a wound right it's an emotional wound it's a metaphysical wound and so you wouldn't go out and fight a battle being severely wounded right like if you had just been shot you probably are not going to go out the next day and and carry on, right? You're going to tend to that wound so that you can go back, even if that means that you you try and go back at 80% to 90% um, Mm. to get back into the battlefield. And yet we have millions of men who are walking around at 30% capacity because they have been emotionally scarred, they've been emotionally wounded, they've been physically or sexually wounded, and they haven't tended to those wounds because we haven't made it societally acceptable. So a lot of that plays into, I'm not good enough, right? I'm not good enough because I feel broken or because I feel uh, like I'm, I can't perform properly in some capacity. So for a lot of us as men, it's about opening up that dialogue and being able to heal, being able to fix, being able to work on those parts of ourselves that feel broken, that feel less than, and using that as our purpose, right? Like, Here's, the, here's how I'm going to summarize this. Our pain as men has a very specific purpose. And until a man gives his pain purpose and function in his life, he will flounder. He will be rudderless. He will be lost. He will not feel like he's enough in relationship, in the world, in his work. He will struggle in many, many ways simply because he has tried to disconnect himself from the pain that resides within him, whether that's emotionally, mentally, physically, or sexually. Right. Yeah. So that pain is the part of us as men that we need to tend to. We need to give it a purpose. And that can be incredibly powerful. I mean, you look at somebody like David Goggins, who's a very public figure. He's a military figure. He took his pain from childhood. He, he talks about it in his book, um, uh, You Can't Hurt Me. He talks about how he was abused, you know, relentlessly by his father growing up. And he turned that pain into a purpose that led him into the military, that led him into the Navy SEALs, that led him into competing in ultra marathons and holding world records. He used that pain and gave that pain a purpose and it shaped who he was as a man. And for mm-hmm. all of us men, at some point on the hero's journey, at some point in our life, we have to enter into the space where we, where we acknowledge our pain and we say, okay, I have an immense amount of pain and I'm gonna start to give that a purpose. And I don't know what that looks like, but I'm gonna find the resources and I'm going to commit to making that my mission. And when we do that, our life starts to open up and we no, no longer feel less than we no longer feel half or broken or not good enough because we start to embody and embrace the fact that we have this hurt in within us, right? Rather than trying to ignore it, because it's when we ignore it and we, that we try and hide it from other people. And when we're trying to hide it, we feel less than.
0: Totally. Totally. So for the average, average corporate dude, I love serving the very average, just like your normal Joe blow that has no idea about this work. So for your average Joe blow corporate dude that works, you know, lots of hours, goes to work, comes home, doesn't really like not connected to his body. He's like, Oh yeah, my partner does woo woo stuff. No idea what it is, whatever. I'll let her do her thing. What are like their normal, like what are the common shadows that you come across in like the average man that you could like just share with us to maybe trigger them to realize they have them when they don't know.
1: Mm. Mm. So a lot of it is just hidden coping mechanisms, right? So you know, watching porn relentlessly and then compl- you know, bitching and complaining about. Yeah, I don't mean to use that word in a derogatory sense. I'm the guy I am. I'm just being direct. You know, sort Sorry, of bitching no and compl- one,
0: no. And anyone that listens to this podcast is not like a crazy, like people aren't worried about derogatory things. Cause I'm like, everybody Like your man leave, you stay behind. So
1: don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> good. So, you know, I think what I, what I've seen time and time again is a man will rely on porn and then bitch and complain that the sex life in his relationship isn't good. And it's like, well, if you're watching porn six or seven times a week, almost every single day, and you're, you're sort of. leaking all of this sexual energy, not in your relationship, you're not really committed to just sort of winning in your relationship, you're not really committed to that. So that's one part. It's mostly around, it's mostly around hiding pain, okay, and using different coping mechanisms. So drinking can be another one. TV, you know, eating, eating way too much food, unhealthy food, feeling out of control with your habits and your routines is such a huge one. That's a really big indicator that a man has some hidden shadow that he probably hasn't seen within himself. When I hear guys that are in the corporate world that are like, my routines are shit and my, my daily habits are not good, that is like the biggest red flag for that there is some stuff that you're not dealing with psychologically or emotionally um, that yeah. you need to tend to. So th- those, are, those are a couple of the pieces. And then the, the, the last part that I'll say is imposter syndrome. Many of the guys within the corporate space, how they know they have stuff that they can't, that they haven't identified or need to work on is that they feel like an imposter. They've reached some level of success. I work with a lot of guys that you know, are, run hedge funds or are pro athletes or are you know, incredible mainstream artists. And a lot of them come to me in this space of, I have achieved this extraordinary level of success that most people haven't, and it still feels empty. And I feel like something's missing, and I feel like I'm an imposter in this space. So, that right there is a very clear indicator that your shadow is at work, that there's a part of you that you just don't understand. So, I'll maybe I'll leave that there.
0: Okay. I love that. Thank you. So with like, you know how men have a lot of pressure on them and I feel like Corona's doubled the pressure for a lot of men at the moment in terms of like, you know, be the support system for the family, make enough money, like get a good education for your kids, X, Y, and Z. How do you feel like that pressure affects men that you see that in a way that like a lot of them either don't show or like their partner has no idea about?
1: Yeah. So such a good question. Um, you know, I think we, as men, we love responsibility, right? Like we really do. We, we actually crave and thrive. It's sexy too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. So it's like, yeah. the, and we subconsciously maybe we don't consciously know that, but maybe subconsciously or unconsciously, we do know that like we thrive off of and crave responsibility. And when we have responsibility, it's also a very attractive feature right? So it's going to sort of create this magnetism within us. The problem is that for many guys, they have taken on responsibility that they don't give a shit about, right? They have taken on responsibility that they actually don't care about. It doesn't leave them feeling, re- feeling rewarded or fulfilled. It doesn't have the impact that they want to have in the world. It's not contributing to their legacy. And so they're carrying all this weight that has now become debilitating, Right? so their responsibility rather than being a gift rather than being a purpose that's fueling their life, it has now become this dead weight that's pulling them down and so part of what a man needs to do is to look at the responsibility he's carrying in his life and and realize is this the responsibility I want to have right Is, is the responsibility of being a father something that I really uh, am lit up by If so, great you know use that to the to the max right actually like lean into that more. Is the responsibility of my work environment something that I crave or is it something that has become debilitating and causing me to be depressed and want to check out and drink more, right? Is the responsibility of my marriage something that I really am am fueled by or do I feel like I'm failing at that responsibility? And if I feel like I'm failing, then I need to acknowledge that. Like, I think we as men can do a much better job of just acknowledging when we are failing, right? There's There's so much courage in that aspect. I remember Brene Brown talking about how courage and vulnerability are inextricably linked, that they cannot be disconnected. And she tells a story about actually speaking to a large group of of, uh, military men and women and telling that story. Like, give one example where you are courageous and not vulnerable. You can't do it, right? And so we as men have to execute with courage because that's what shares vulnerability opens us up to vulnerability in our relationship and sometimes that means just saying hey i feel like i'm failing in my responsibility here you know so very clearly identify what your responsibilities are identify what responsibilities you want to carry identify what responsibilities give you purpose and fuel you and then start to identify the ones that are shit that you can let go of that you just don't want to have in your life And, and that will radically change the course of your life, your ability to parent and your ability to feel like you have purpose.
0: I love that. So with like, if you're in a partnership and your man is like really stressed and he's feeling a lot of pressure besides us women, like keeping our heart open, letting him go into his man cave when he needs to trusting him, honoring him, not being fucking annoying. Are there any things that like you guys crave that women should know anyway, any women listening that women should know that just like make you feel like it's okay for me to do me and she's fine on her own. I don't need to, um, try and please her and then put me on the back burner. Cause obviously important for like men to have their boundaries and look after themselves first. And I feel like a lot of men then feel shame if they're not doing quote unquote enough for her or making her feel X when really it's everyone's own responsibility.
1: Yeah. Um, it's a good question. I think for a lot of guys, there's the opportunity to be around other men that, mm. are, that are going to have reciprocal relationships that are going to challenge them and, and that aren't just like drinking bros. You know, I think that a lot, of, a lot of guys can get very isolated simply because they have disconnected from men in their lives that are willing and capable of challenging them in a way that actually grows and develops them, right? We have a big, like, you know, sort of ego when it comes to calling out one another as men. It's like, oh, I fucking called him out. It's like, great, that did nothing for him. He didn't listen to you. He hasn't changed. You just struck your own ego, right? Like, the, that, that's it. So w- we as men, so what, what I'm saying is, ladies, encourage your men to have friends around them, to have other men in their life that can call them forward. This is, a, this is a term that I use all the time with the men that work with me in, in the online men's group that I have or in person or on the weekends. It's the idea that you know what your brother is capable of and you call him forward into it and you hold him accountable to it. That's what we crave as men. And what women can do to support that is to call out maybe when he has shitty dysfunctional friends, right, that are keeping him in a place of not doing the work, of not owning his fullest capacity, of not playing at his best, right? Because a lot of us, a lot of men are looking for someone to give us permission to go and do the work and also to hold us accountable. The problem is that most guys... Enter in a relationship with a strong, independent woman who does call them on their shit, but then she becomes responsible for holding him accountable, and then she feels like his mother. And it and it vastly diminishes the intimacy within the relationship, and she gets tired of it very quickly. So what yeah. (laughs) So yeah. So encourage and really be strong about it. Like really be, you know, it's it's these are hard conversations to have, but guide. And and encourage a man to find other men who are going to hold him accountable, who are going Mm -hmm. to call him on his bullshit in a really healthy, uh, expansive way. They're going to call him forward into the type of father, husband, business owner, entrepreneur, professional that he knows he's capable of being. Because every man inside of him has a picture of what he knows he's capable of being. And when he's not living into that. It's very challenging, right? It can, it can cause depression. It can cause anxiety. It can cause him to mm. disconnect from his relationship. It can cause him to lean on coping mechanisms. So, for the women out there, that's what I would say start with that. Help him yeah. if you can and guide him and give him the space to really lean into those experiences, right? To find the men's weekends, to find the groups that are going to support him in stepping into his fullest capacity.
0: Yeah, I just want to highlight what you said as well of like encourage in an expansive way. No shaming yep. him. It's got to be like an encouragement in an expansive way he's not going to fucking do it. Can you just, because you're a man, Connor, and I'm obviously not, can you just sell to all the men why it's so amazing to do the work so that maybe some of them will get really inspired to be like, okay, it sounds really sexy. I'm going to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> That's such a good question. I don't think I've ever been asked that before. Uh, and I just um,
0: want all the men to do it for all the women's <laughs> sakes and for their sakes. Because it breaks my heart when they're in pain. Like, it, I feel like more of their hurt than women's hurt. But, um, like, even just with your own experience of doing the work versus not doing it, like, whatever experiences you want to use. But if you can just sell it to them, that'd be amazing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, I feel maybe I'll just use my own personal experience. Right. So sure. like, I I was the guy who, if you had met me 10 years ago, you would have met someone who had a great career, great relationship, all the toys, traveling the world, like the full thing, and was, was just miserable behind the scenes, like was just miserable. And this work of having men in my life that call me forward, this work of having men in my life that I can call forward, having brothers that, that have my back that stand shoulder to shoulder with me, has radically changed my life in a way that I knew was possible, that I knew was there. My relationship has never been better. Sex life has never been better. My finances have never been better. And most importantly, I feel self-led, right? That is the aim. I'm not reliant on my wife to tell me what I should or shouldn't be doing or whether I'm okay or whether I'm doing a good job. I'm not reliant on society telling me whether I'm doing the right thing with my life. I'm not reliant on my parents doing those things. I'm self-led. So if you are a man who wants to be self-led, that's what this work is all about, right? And self-leadership, sovereignty and self-leadership is what we crave, is what the masculine craves, because that's where we find freedom. So and whatever your version of freedom is, it's going to be found in that self-leadership and that sovereignty, which is going to require you to do the work to integrate your pain. So that's, that's basically what I got. I can
0: love it absolutely love it. Okay. So what are like your, I'm always interested in this answer. So what are your top three things that you really fucking wish women would, maybe they already know it, but like embody it more or do more of it more that men fucking want. Um, Mm. yeah. Top three things. If you need to have five, that's fine. Just top three. (laughs) If
1: you do have five. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think I'm going to start with a sense of like Playfulness. Like there is just something about a woman who can own her own sense of playfulness. And there's like there's playfulness that's being silly, and then there's sensual playfulness. And the Mm. two of those things are like for most men, especially men that that are have like started this journey of of doing this work, it is just like the the just, it's like crack, you know, it's just like, oh. You know, it's just like because you put you you get into your feminine and there's just nothing more attractive. It's just so wonderful. So I would say that um, I would say being able to embody your feminine for whatever whatever that looks like for you and being able to call a man forward on his stuff not shame him, right? So I think that's a really important distinction. If you are leaning on shame, no action comes out of shame. No no positive, expansive, growth-oriented action is gonna come out of shame. So women who are able to, at some point in the relationship, stand in their sacred masculine and say, that's enough, you know, I've had enough to a man. And if you don't, you know, X, Y, and Z, then I'm out. I know my worth. That is incredibly sexy, and I think for a lot of men who have been in relationships with women that they haven't respected, if they're really honest with themselves, they meet a woman who has respect for herself, and all of a sudden it changes the way that he views her. So Mm. a woman who can respect herself will garner respect from a man, not in a way where it's like force, not in a way where it is... Uh, like embellished or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm respecting myself, you know, whatever, but in an embodied grounded way, it will, it will garner respect from a man. So those, those three things I would say are really, really important. And then hmm, I feel like there's, there's one more in there. Yeah. Yeah. Heal the relationship with your mom, whatever you do, whatever you do. If that is your work, heal your relationship with your mother, whether that means setting boundaries with her, whether that means, you know, setting her out of your life, whether that means, uh, you know, bringing her to counseling with you, heal your relationship with your mother and men have the same work to do with their father.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I talk a lot about daddy wounds, like opposite sex. So in terms of when you're talking about mummy wounds, what would be the main things that you're referring to? I mean, obviously every woman's got mummy wounds and yes, we need to heal our relationship with our mum. But so obviously like men also generally have more mummy issues than daddy issues per se. And then for women, it's the opposite. So when it comes to, let's talk about men. So when it comes to men and their daddy issues, what would be the common ones besides say, um, like having to live up to dad's standards and compete with dad, what would be some of the other common ones that you see for men?
1: Yeah, A, A bigger one is that a lot of men strive to surpass their father at some point in their life. And that's sort of like a, a signal to them that they have done it, you know, that they've won in some capacity. Um, so sort of being able to let go of that need to surpass the father archetype is important. And and finding your own goal, and whether that comes before or after you've sort of surpassed your father or not surpassed your father is, is irrelevant. But doing that work, um, being able to break the mold of what your father said was masculine. Right, because mm-hmm. that that in many ways, like your your dad is the the symbol of masculinity for you That's in many ways that. as a man. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe Maybe he wasn't able to tap into his emotions. Maybe he wasn't able to teach you how to do the sort of like regular man things that you wanted to learn growing up that your friends learned. So break the mold of what your father said a man is and carve out your own version and encourage your son to do the exact same thing should you have one. Uh, yeah. And then last, last but not least, stop making him responsible for anything in your life, anything. Stop making him responsible for your pain. Stop making him responsible for your failed relationships. Stop making him responsible for the, the course that, you, that you're on within your work environment or your, you know, your career. Stop making him responsible for all those things. That's probably going to require a lot of work on your side, depending on what your relationship with your dad was. And then lastly, honor him. You know, Honor the man who he was because wh- whoever he was, whatever he did at some point, if you aren't able to honor him, you are doing yourself a disservice and you are not integrating that father archetype within you. And then mm. sorry, one more thing, which is Perfect. learn how to learn how to father yourself. So this is something that I talk a lot about with the men that I work with is Whatever you feel like your father didn't teach you, didn't give you, didn't show you, that is your responsibility as a man. You need to learn how to father yourself, father the child within you that's pissed off at daddy for not having, you know, showed up on time or not come to the practices or, you know, not gone fly fishing with him or whatever the case may be. You need to father yourself. You need to teach yourself those things. And that will liberate you from the pain that you may have felt with your father.
0: Yes. I love that. And a reminder for all the women listening, like you need to heal your shit with your mom around the feminine, because like with the feminine stuff, a lot of obviously women pick up what the feminine is from their mom. And a lot of women will actually like, because, um, of of like the time that we've grown up in dad was the breadwinner and you would know this dad's a breadwinner mom's not and like for me for example it was like oh I don't want to be mom I want to be the breadwinner too so I'll be masculine and then I'll be like dad and then it's gonna be great because I don't want to be like mom um amazing okay so um last question that I want to ask what Mm. do you feel Connor I'm always interested to know what men feel what do you feel when a woman's heart is like closing hmm Like, how does that make you feel when you can like sense that or when she's like losing trust in you and her heart is closing?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I've gone through different iterations of this over the years. I think there was a time period where it caused me to feel very insecure um, and react from that place of insecurity. I think then as as I like went down the path, it would cause me to feel very angry um, because I knew that. Either I had done something that had caused that closing or she wasn't able to open. Um, and now now I've entered into a space where, where, I, where when I see that happening, it is information, right? It's a really important it's a really important access point for me to lean in and listen because there's something that maybe I've missed. There's something maybe that needs to be understood. And so that closing is actually an opportunity for intimacy, for connection to happen. And when we we can get to that space, then healing is possible very quickly within the relationship because it's like, oh, I feel my partner closing off her heart. That is a very important sign that I need to sort of step back, pause, get grounded within myself, open my heart, open my mind, open my body, and be able to lean in and listen deeper.
0: Yeah. I feel like whenever something's going wrong per se in a relationship, all it is is a portal for like deeper connection. If you can like, if you can not go in really, really reactive um, and if you can go in like a responsive manner, it's just like an amazing way to have a deeper connection. So Mm -hmm. love that. Is there any other things that you want to share with us, Connor, about anything at all in regards to shadow stuff? Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. Um, Men and money. So what is, because like women and money, we do a lot of like, oh, abundance. But like with men, there's so much more pressure around like make fucking money. And obviously- you guys are more rational than just like, Oh, it'll come in. I'll just like manifest it. Um, so yeah. What's like a quick rundown. Like what's your take on money stuff with men? Because a lot of men will be like, you know, they'll, they'll see their partner being all like, Oh, it's fine. Like abundance, just manifest. And they're like, uh, no, like, how's that even possible <laughs> because they're obviously about the how.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, think that a relationship there is about power. It's about hierarchy. It's about where we fit in societally. Um, it's, you know, it's very much a symbol, it, it, you know, historically, like in the early 20th century for men, your capacity to make money was equivalent to your, mm, to your value and worth as a man, right? So the more you were able to earn and make, the more that you were sort of worthy and powerful as a man. So, you know, I think just being able to separate those things a little bit is very important like anytime that we attach our masculinity or our worth as a man to something to our ability to perform sexually to our ability to make money our okayness our ability to feel okay then becomes dependent on that thing and it can create an immense amount of pressure and performance anxiety and worry and we put ourselves into a state of being very prone to fear and we don't make very good decisions from a fear-based mentality. We don't. We don't really make expansive, grounded decisions. So I think for for a lot of guys, still there is that tendency to equate uh, our earning power with our personal power, and it's a very slippery slope, right? And so most men need to learn that lesson of having a healthier relationship with money, where where they do integrate a little bit of that feminine mentality of like, okay, abundance, like what does abundance mean to me, you know? And like, how can I shift my relationships so that it's not about my worth as a man isn't contingent on my ability to earn, but rather that I open myself to the expansiveness of of abundance being something bigger than simply just finances. You know, my ability to, to generate and be a sort of magnetic force for joy, for love, for connection, for growth, for, you know, many of these different things. Because when we do that, we, we find a sense of, of balance, right? Like Carl Jung, when he talked about the shadow, he said, you, we, we find a sense of wholeness by embodying the monster within us. And all that he meant by that is that we have to find that, that part of ourself that is power hungry, you know, that part of ourselves that, feels worthless or insecure. And then we have to do the work to integrate it. And so for many of us men, it's that relationship with money, right? It's, it's us sort of thinking that all of our problems, right? And this is, this is, uh, this is actually, this is good. This is what I wanted to say. We, as men, we, we love looking for the silver bullet right? We love looking for the golden ticket, right? Like Willy Wonka's golden ticket that is basically going to be the one thing that solves all of our problems, right? Because we want freedom and we want to be free from our problems. And so many of us guys, we have this mentality of like, well, if I just had a hundred million dollars, I'd be okay. I wouldn't have any worries. I wouldn't have any problems or, you know, certainly finding a space where you're making enough money so that you're able to survive, so that you're able to thrive, so you're able to provide for your family and yourself. Of course, it's important, Um, but there's no it's it's removing the illusion that you'll get somewhere and never have any issues, that there's one thing that you could attain Uh, that will provide you with the freedom from any of life's worries, challenges, or insecurities.
0: Love that. Amazing. Beautiful. So Connor, where can men find you, especially with like um, your men's groups and like virtually as well, where can they all find you to hopefully all go find their men to connect with?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I mean, Instagram's probably the best way at man talks. Um, I have the man talks podcast on all different platforms and then, you know, if if you're looking for a men's group to be a part of, then definitely check out the Alliance and you can do that on uh, mantalks.com or ConnorBeaton.com. And I mean, right now we've got about 250 guys um, on an online men's group and we meet monthly and I bring in resources and we have training and challenges and book club and and it's all a part of the membership and it's free for the first month. So you can try it out and see if you like it and see that. if you like the guys in there and the conversations and go from there. Great.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Is there anything else
0: me. you wanna was there anything else you wanted to share with the listeners, Connor, at all?
1: I mean, I feel like we, we did a good job of like turning on the fire hose. Oh yeah, we did. I like
0: went to the dirty stuff straight away. I love that. Thank you. Oh, that was so fucking juicy. So guys, if you ladies, I should say if any ladies listening that I know, I know there'll be plenty of you listening that are like, Oh my God, I need to get my boyfriend, husband, partner, dad, uncle, dog, whoever to listen to this episode. This is how you could do it. Okay. Because we don't want to make, you don't want to force it. like force feed it to them because they're going to be like fuck off don't tell me what to do and it's gonna have the opposite effect right so what you instead want to do is be like oh my god babe you know that monica chick that i listen to and a lot of a lot of men apparently are like yes because my clients will literally say to me my boyfriend now says when i when he knows that i'm doing something that like you wouldn't approve of he'll literally say to me um, what would Monica think of this? I feel like I'm in everyone's relationship currently, which I'm so here for. So anyway, but what you could just say is something, something along the lines of, Hey babe, you know, that Monica chick I listened to and he'll be like, yes, I definitely know her. Um, then it'd be like, she just released an amazing podcast. Um, with this Connor dude, are you happy for me to play in the car whilst we're driving? X. Like, do it like that. Or like, are you happy for me to play this whilst they're cooking us dinner? So it's like in the background. Um, you could just say, it was so good, you may want to listen to it. He made some really, really good points if you're interested, no pressure. And then just leave the conversation and never bring it up again. Plant that seed and then fucking leave it. Like and say it with like a no-pressure attitude. Um, other option that would be to like play it in the car with him other option would be like when you're cooking dinner or something or when he's over you could play it in the background and he might just kind of be like might be like who's this dude talking and because it's a guy he's more likely to listen um and then another way for you to also say it um would also be don't just like send it to him in an email like what a fucking dig like we don't dig i feel like a lot of us i talk about this in queen alchemy oh which by the way um if you're not already aware of this I don't know when I'm going to be releasing this but actually by the time I release this probably you will be able to get your spots yeah you will actually so if you're listening to this and you want to join the next round of the mastermind or queen alchemy you need to join the next round of queen alchemy because what I've actually done is I've blended the mastermind Queen and queen alchemy together because they're two just like such good programs I couldn't like it was it was too hard like leaving this massive gap between programs so I've actually decided to blend both of them together which means you get double the amount of content um so basically how i up now is that you get like a portal with all the teachings. So everything you need to learn is in pre-recorded videos and then all of the healings, the inner child healing, the trauma release, the womb clearing, all that jazz, etc., etc. All of that we do in the live Zoom calls every week. So you still have the high touch point. You still get one-on-ones with me. You still get the Facebook group. You still get the Zoom calls every week. We do the lap dance, the lap dances. We do the sensual eating, all that jazz. It just means that you get double the content. So make sure that you have joined that or sent me a DM or sent us an email if you've got questions about it. Anyway, um, where was I going with that? Fuck. um, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember. Oh, yeah. I was saying in Queen Alchemy, what I also say to the ladies is like, oh, fuck. Hold on. Let me just pause this. Lol. I found it. Okay. Digging. So I talk about this in Queen Alchemy. A lot of us women think that if we dig, we get what we want from men or then they like get the point. It doesn't work like that guys if someone is okay often if you dig at your girlfriend she'll get the gist and she won't do it again but if you dig at a man you emasculate him and he doesn't want to change he just like this is very often like it provokes shame and if you listen to my shame episode I've got an anger episode a shame episode they're really good for men um listen to them like if you shame men it does not make them want to change if you shame a woman often what can happen is she'll be like, I have to be better. And it's the way that we're wired differently, but men will just go, I'm not good enough for her. And then like walk out the door. Do you know what I mean? So please don't shame them and don't dig. Um, by just like sending him an email with a link like as a little like nudge it's like no just actually share with him hey listen this really great episode thought you might be interested um like no pressure if not but say it to him don't put it in an email or a text because if you say it or voice memo it because if you say it he'll be able to hear in your voice that you're coming across in like a very not pressur'y way at all um so that'd be really good and some other way you could also say is if you want to be sharing more of these resources with your man because i'm going to be doing some more podcasts for men. Again, I did a few end of last year. If you haven't listened to them, um, like in the December area um if you um if you're in a relationship and you want to be able to like share more of this stuff with your man why don't you kind of start sharing other stuff with him that are not in relation to this why don't you get him to share podcasts that he really likes for you to listen to and then fucking listen to them don't just say you say you will and think that it's one-sided and like oh no well he should listen to my stuff but I won't listen to his stuff no like say to him like you'd love to learn about I don't know um, stocks. Can you send me some podcasts on stocks? Fuck, I would literally fall asleep. That would be my lullaby. Uh, but you know what I mean? So it's a two-way street. So that's kind of how you could maybe get him into it. Um, but yeah, please make sure that you check out Connor's um, website and his Instagram because it's amazing. And if you are a man listening to this, um, I've got a space available right now for a one-on-one client. So if you are interested, please reach out to me. Otherwise, if you want to work with Connor, reach out with Con- reach out to Connor. Um, I love working with men. It's a little bit different to women, but it's just oh it just feeds my heart so much so if you're interested in that please please reach out um because I'd love to work on that with you. All right, guys, have an incredible day. I hope that you love this episode. Please like repost it and tag both Connor and I because as I always say, it's our value exchange. It's your value exchange to me and to him. Because he spent an hour of his time on the podcast. I spent an hour of my time doing this, plus the editing and everything. So by you just sharing it and tagging it in um, your Instagram stories, it just helps your followers, um, whether it's friends, family, or like followers, followers, if you're like a business. It just helps them to kind of you know get in touch with our staff which is really important so thank you all so much for listening as per usual oh and if you haven't left a review I'd be really grateful if you could leave a review again it's a beautiful value exchange and I appreciate all of them so much thank you to all of you that have already left a review it literally takes two minutes you can do it while you're taking a dump that's how easy it is because I know so many of my clients have found me literally because their friends have posted about my podcast on their Instagram story. And I just want to help as many women as possible. So by you sharing it, I would be so fucking grateful. And I'm sure your friends would be too. If you do want to welcome me, please do check out my website for all those details. And of course, you can DM me on Instagram with any other questions. If you have any podcast things you want me to talk about, any ideas, any feedback. I am always open to it. And I always love hearing what you guys have to say. So please don't hesitate about that either. I will catch you on the flip side. Have an amazing day or night wherever you are.